we are super excited to have Andy Hare share the word with us here at Skylark Church this morning. And along with his wife Raj, they are much loved and well-respected leaders within the Skylark International Network. Andy's a great teacher of the word and he is passionate about seeing people discipled well and staying in love with Jesus whilst living out a life of purpose. So why don't you open your hearts this morning to listen in to all that he will share with us. Good morning, Skylark Church. I hope you're well. Uh, my name is uh, Andy and uh, I uh, am going to come and talk to you. I'm talking to you about um, sharing Jesus. I just want to introduce who I am. This is my family. Um, so if you're not sure, uh, this is me. Uh, this is my wife, Raj. This is my daughter, Nina. And this is my son, Sam. Uh, this picture was taken a little while ago, so a bit older now. So um, he is uh, 11 and she is uh, 13. Um, and uh, I won't tell you how old we are. So I've come to tell you a bit about sharing Jesus. I think you're going through a series and um, before you switch off, because it's one of those subjects that you think, ah, I don't really like sharing about Jesus or I'm not an evangelist. I want to convince you over the next 20 minutes, hopefully 20 minutes, that it's something that we all do and it's something that we ought to at least think about doing or try to do if possible. And I'm going to give you four points about how to, to do that. Um, firstly, I'd just like to say that this isn't um, about evangelising in terms of necessarily door knocking or street evangelism, although they, they, they have a place and if you're called to do that, then great, fill your boots. I'm talking about more natural ways of sharing about the good news, and that's what it is. Uh, evangelism is good news sharing. Um, I've done door knocking in the past. If you're not sure what that is, that's, I think, Jehovah's Witnesses. I did it in London once where I'd, I would partner with someone and we would take it in turns uh, down the street to knock on doors and share the good news. And when it was my go, I can remember praying with all my heart that the people would be out. <laughs> Sounds awful, doesn't it? Or I would do feather knocking, right? You knock at the door, but it's very light. And then, you know, you're not really knocking and they don't answer. And then you say to your partner, oh, what a shame. I really wanted to evangelize that house. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, or just ring the doorbell to the side of the door uh, bell. Uh, so it looks like you're doing it, but you're not. There's just little tips. Uh, but if you're called to do that, then fill your boots. That's great. I'm talking about more natural ways, I think, of evangelism. So my first point, got four points. First point is that we are all evangelists. You might th say, oh, hang on a minute. I, I don't share the good news of Jesus Christ, but you do share good news. We all share good news. When we find something that we really like, we naturally, it's innate in us to um, share the good news of it. I bought my dad uh, this, <laughs> I don't know whether you can know what this is, right? This is a weed remover, right? I bought my dad this because I thought he'd really like it. He's getting old and it, it saves you bending over and using a spade and all this sort of stuff. Well, actually it's rubbish, to be honest. In fact, I bought this five years ago and I borrowed it five years ago and he's not asking for it back. So it clearly didn't use it. Anyway, let's just suppose this is amazing, right? Suppose like, you know, when you go on Amazon and people put reviews and Mrs. Smith from Gwent says, this product changed my life. They're just sharing good news, right? If this was amazing, what I would do with that, if I heard about someone who's struggling with gardening, I say, I've got this gadget and it's absolutely brilliant. You must use it, it will change your life. Who of us, when we go abroad and we've had a great time, we don't say to someone, 
a friend or whatever, oh, we went to, I don't know, Gibraltar or Romania and it was really reasonable. The people are lovely. The climate is amazing. It hardly ever rains, etc., etc., etc. We naturally tell good news. We saw a film. It was brilliant. We went to this restaurant. It was amazing. I read this book. It was incredible. We do it all the time. It's innate within us. We like telling news, whether good or bad, but we are good at telling good news. And it's no different. We are to tell the good news of Jesus Christ, which leads us, leads me to a slight point B about that is that it would be great to know the product really well. If this was amazing, I'd have to experience it for myself and go, I've used this. It's amazing. I'm going to tell other people about it. If you want to tell people about Jesus, get to know Jesus the best you can. Use your time, your energy, your strength to get as close to him as possible. And then it's something that will be innate in you. I want to tell other people about Jesus rather than I ought to is a big difference there. So firstly, we are all evangelists. Secondly, I would just want to suggest, please think about speaking to the culture. So when you look at particularly the life of Paul in the Old, in the New Testament, not the Old Testament, the New Testament, and I'm thinking of verses uh, 1 Corinthians 9, where he says that I become a Jew to the Jews in order to reach them for Christ. I become a Gentile to the Gentiles. I become like the people that I'm trying to witness to to tell the good news in order to bring them to the understanding of who Jesus is. Again, in um, Acts 17, when he goes to Athens, he's looking at the culture and speaking into that culture. I have on many times told people that I go to church, right? I don't know whether you ever have this thing on a Sunday or a, sorry, on a weekend um, where you go to church. We don't at the moment, but you may have a conversation with someone at work and they say, well, what did you do for the weekend? And I might say, oh, well, on a Saturday I did this with my family. And then I sort of have this sort of debate within myself. Shall I share that I went to church on Sunday? And I often do. I said, I, I, I went to church on Sunday. And without fail, um, that completely flatlines, right? I mean, it's a real uh, tumbleweed moment. People are, are frozen in time when I tell them that. Like, they literally throw, I can walk around them and they'll be still static. It just doesn't seem to work. They don't ever say, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, why is that? They just have no reference for it. it. It's not most people's culture now, particularly young people. They may have buzzers about church. They may feel like, well, what's, what's that to do with me? because it's not speaking into what they need and what they want. So look at the culture and ask yourself, what is the culture looking for? And I would say that the culture right now is looking for happiness, right? They're looking for contentment. They're looking for security. They're looking for a sense of worth. Um, there aren't anyone that I know that comes to me and says, oh, I just wish I could be less happy. I, w I need therapy to be less happy, right? Most people are looking for happiness. So when we come to think about sharing the good news, we need to speak into that. That's the language that people are talking about. They don't understand church or things like sin, but they understand about needing something. There's something they're looking for that will give them happiness. Now, me as a Christian and you as Christians, or if you're not you're on that journey, um, we're all looking for the same thing. Christians, non-Christians, Buddhists, um, Hindus, Muslims, we're all looking for a sense of something outside of ourselves that's going to give us meaning and worth, right? When someone is just consumed by their career, it's because they're thinking that that will give them life. When someone's consumed by their family or consumed by 
going on holidays or we're going to be consumed soon by Christmas because we think, well, we just have a great day or give me life and I'm looking forward to it. And it gives us some sense of purpose, right? We are no different to non-Christians. We just think, I just think that we have found this sense of happiness and purpose, uh, not in this world, but in, in God, in Jesus Christ. We're no different. We're exactly the same. We have to speak into that culture. So it would be something like, perhaps, if someone is just seeking after something, it would be just saying, look, I went through a time when I was uh, depressed or lonely or whatever, and then I just discovered this Christianity, I discovered Jesus, and he has met all those needs in me. He's met that sense of a need for happiness and joy and purpose and this sense that even though there's terrible things going on at the moment, I know that this is not my life completely. So just think about that. Um, uh, I had a, an experience um, quite a long time ago, actually, when I was preaching in a church and um, I spoke about the need for God and this lady came up uh, at the end of it and I, <clears throat> uh, she said to me, um, look, why do I need Jesus? And she rattled off her life. She's saying, I have a great partner. He's really supportive. I have a fantastic family. I have a great career. I have a house. And she's going on and on about this amazing life she had. And I thought, oh, goodness me, I don't know. I don't know why you need Jesus. And then it occurred to me a couple of days later that life is just not like that. I, I wish that life was like that. I wish that every day everybody found what they were looking for. But if coronavirus has told us anything, it's told us that life is incredibly unpredictable. And Jesus says the same thing. He said, if you build your house, your life on something of this world, it'd be like building your, your house on sand. Like storms will come, coronavirus will come, and then you may fall apart because you're looking for life in the wrong place. And I wish I'd said to the lady, because she was looking for happiness. That's all she's looking for. And I wish I said, look, I hope your life goes like that for the rest of your life. But in general, life doesn't go like that. Jobs turn out not to be quite as good. Products that we thought Amazon said would change our life aren't quite as good as we thought they would be. People die, things happen. Life is not static. It's not the same every day, it changes. And God is often described as the rock. He's the rock that we can build our lives on. And that's where I would go with evangelism. My third point, try and get through these reasonably quickly, is come and see. So in John 1, uh, 46, um, Philip is talking to Nathaniel and they become disciples. And um, Nathaniel is questioning if Jesus is the answer. And, and Philip says, come and see. By that, um, what I was thinking is that our job is not to try and convince people. Like I'm not there to try and tell them day after day, you must, you must, you must believe in this thing. I'm simply there to introduce them to Jesus. That's my job really in a sense. I'm to, to witness. We are called to be witnesses. This is what I've experienced. This is how it's helped me. This is how God has changed my life. And I, I just want to tell you about that. But what you do with that is kind of up to you. It's up to them. They are the ones that have to come and see. If you're listening right now and you are just exploring Christianity, I would just encourage you just to just to think about coming and seeing. Look, I can talk about this honey, right? And I can describe it to you and I can say it's really sweet, it's amazing, you must try it, it's the most unbelievable taste in the world. That's if you like honey, right? If you don't like honey and ignore what I'm saying. But it's amazing, it's incredible. Now I can tell you day after day after day, and you could go, well, I'm not sure, but you have to actually spread it on some toast and try it for yourself. Um, there's a very famous picture uh, 
by a guy called Homan Hunt. This is in uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. This is not the original, I haven't stolen it. Don't worry, this is a copy. And the picture is of Jesus. This is Jesus knocking on the door of someone's heart and there's lots of weeds around there. You know, if you're thinking about Christianity, sometimes you just need to open the door and say, and what I would say is, I don't know, I have doubts about this sort of stuff, but if you're real, would you make it, would you make it obvious to me? Would you reveal yourself to me? And I'm going to believe for you that God will answer that prayer. It may not happen that moment, but I believe that if you genuinely ask, Lord, I'm not sure, or Jesus, if you are God, I'm not sure, but I want to open the door to you and I want to ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to, in that sense, come and see. I want to taste the honey and, and see that it is sweet. I want to know that you are who you say you are. That's what I would encourage you to do. Um, and our job as evangelists is not try to convince people. It's simply to say, you know, come and see. Come and see for yourself if this is true. I, I can tell you my own experience, but you have to experience that for yourself. Okay, so we're all evangelists. I, I'm not sure if you believe that, but I believe you are. You all tell good news anyway. Uh, we all uh, should be speaking to the culture. It's not enough nowadays just to say, I go to church or try, try to get away with the minimum. We have to actually try to speak into the situation and talk the language that people are talking right now. And thirdly, our job is not to bash people over the heads with the Bible or to try and manipulate them, but it's simply to say, this is what I've experienced. Come and see for yourself. Come and taste yourself. Open the door yourself. See, just pray, just ask God, just do something to experience what I've experienced because I believe God will reveal himself to you. My fourth point is um, to be strategic. The fourth point is search for the person of peace. So when Jesus sends out the 72 in Luke uh, 10, 16, uh, sorry, 10, 6, he says to them, search or look for the person of peace. Um, in other words, be strategic about witnessing or telling the good news. Now, sometimes Jesus clearly spoke to the crowds, right? He said... Um, to the crowds uh, he said something on the lines of you know the kingdom of God is near you you know repent change your ways and he'll say that to the crowd but oftentimes he would select certain people think of the woman at the well in John 4 he goes up to the woman in the well and <clears throat> he doesn't go to the village interestingly he goes to the lady who then goes to the village same with the guy with the the, the demon or the the guy with legion there's a there's a bit in the bible mark 5 that describes a guy who's um in a very bad way and he's traumatized and tormented by evil spirits and jesus sets him free and then the guy wants to go with jesus and jesus says no go back to your village and tell them what god has done for you again jesus didn't bypass the man he went he didn't go straight to the village and start shouting from street corners he strategically found someone, the one person, and he knew that that person would be delivered and would be an amazing evangelist to their own community. Because often the people from our own community, our own family, can sometimes be the best people when we see an amazing change. You think of that guy that had all those evil spirits. I mean, that would have spoken amazing things to that village um, because they would have known that he was very traumatized. Or think of uh, Zacchaeus. Uh, and that is in Luke 19, Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Again, Jesus did speak to ta tax collectors, but he chose Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus became a disciple and then would have spoken the good news to his 
culture, which was the tax collectors. So be strategic. And the person of peace, it simply means look for a person. Think of the opposite of peace. The opposite of peace is antagonistic, resistant, rebellious. Uh, so in other words, someone who you're speaking to and you just know that they're not really listening, they're not really at that place where they, they're wanting to hear good news um, for whatever reason. Um, it's a person that you just sense. There's something about this person that they're kind of open. So I would encourage you to pray and be strategic about the people that are in your your line of influence, people that you may meet in the school gate or you may meet at work or walking the dog or whatever you go. Who is that one person of peace? Think about Billy Graham for a minute. Now, if you don't know Billy Graham, he uh, died recently, but he was an amazing evangelist to millions of people. But just think of the one person that evangelized to him and witnessed to him. Just think of the fruit from that one episode of witnessing that went on to reach millions and millions of people <clears throat> it may not be that we're going to reach millions of people like Billy Graham but we may just meet one person that will end up being like another Billy Graham right that's so so important so be strategic think about one person in your life that you sense is open so just to <clears throat> give you a very brief story uh, about six months ago I was swabbing I worked for the NHS I was swabbing for the coronavirus and in one of our breaks we were just having a chat there was, there was six of us and one lady piped up that she said uh, that when she was working on the shift a guy gave her a bible verse and she was really touched by it so my my eyes and my ears are open and I suddenly thought here's a person of peace right and so I was praying for this lady while I was doing, so I knew that I was probably not gonna see again. I was praying, Lord, give me an opportunity just to say something. And it was really difficult because there was loads of people around, it was quite busy. But at the end of the shift, I just had an opportunity just to say, just one simple thing. It wasn't an amazing thing. I didn't say you must give your life to God or anything like that. I just said to her, look, I'm a Christian and I just, I just wanna say that however life you goes, however well your life goes or doesn't go, um, I want you to remember that God loves you and he is light. And if you ever go through a dark place, I just want to encourage you to turn to him. That's all I said. And I just left it with her. She didn't reject me. She didn't bow down and give her life to Jesus or anything like that. But I sowed some seed. I said, in a sense, come and see yourself. You know, that's all we call to do is sow some seeds. But she was definitely a person of peace. I could sense that she was open. But she, she didn't say when the guy shared that Bible verse, oh, it's really weird and I didn't want to know. It was really it was odd. If she had said that, I said maybe she isn't the person of peace. So look for the person of peace. So I'll just reiterate the, 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 uh, the four points. We're all evangelists. Speak to the culture. Um, what was the third one? Come and see and uh, search for the person of peace. Be strategic. Pray for that person. Get other people to pray for that person. Say, I'm trying to find I've got someone on my mind at the moment that I'm trying to trying to pray for and I'm going to give you some homework I know what preachers are like you're listening to preach go oh that was interesting or maybe it's boring whatever um but we do nothing about it right and then we go oh when's the next preach so I just want to give you some homework I want you to find one person one person over the next six months that you are going to try to witness to to give good news to to pray for uh, one person I don't think that's a big thing and just imagine if we are a, a church of, let's say, two million people in this country. Well, if everyone did that and everyone accepted because they were people of peace, well, that'd be, uh, my maths is not very good, but I think that'd be four million, right? 
it will double if we all did one person. So I want you to think for one person that you can just share good news in a natural way, and pray for an opportunity and keep praying. We give up so easily. We're like, pray once or it didn't work, but we have to continue praying. This is a battle that people are in. It's a spiritual battle. The enemy does not want us to evangelize or, or share the good news. So I want you just to think of one person that you can uh, witness to and share the good news and pray for and get people, if you're in a, in a group or a, there's other Christians you know, to say, this is what I'm thinking, let's, let's, and they may have people and then you share that and then you pray together and that's your missional way of, of, of expanding the gospel and giving the good news because ultimately that's what people want. They may not be looking for it. Everyone who's looking for the best job or the best house or the best car is in a sense looking for God. They're looking for something outside themselves to give them meaning and purpose. We just believe it's in Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray. I thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day. I'm going to pray um, now. So Lord, we just come before you and we, I just want to pray, Lord, as we listen, I want to pray for those who are on that journey of like, is this the real thing? I just ask you to help them to, um, encounter you to know you and to come and see and to taste and see that you are good and I pray for us that are, are further on in that journey help us to um, have the boldness and the courage to think about how we can reach one person and I want to pray for every single person that they will find a person of peace and that they would have the opportunity and the ability to reach out to that person um, and share and witness to what they've experienced themselves and I ask this in Jesus name amen God bless you um, and I hope you're safe. Thank you.